Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, the ESW, Jay, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Embers, Fabe, Blossom, William P., Lady, Claire, Jam Today, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Six and Eight, Primal Empress, Kaze, Harley Gentleman, Roxy, Mistress Francesca, Slut Queenie, Butte Pain, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Brooklyn B., Serenity Deb, Robert, Ruby R., Christopher, Jess, Sam, Kilted Sir, and Schrodinger's Kink. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters will get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Dara. Yes, Rara. In kink, shit happens. As you have so eloquently pointed out several times. I'm not talking about the scat. But... The butt plug bit story. Yeah. Well, that that sort of kind of falls under whole, this whole thing. Right. Shit happens. And that's why we always talk about being risk aware. Right. Right. But the reality is, is we're human and mistakes happen and things can go wrong when it's not even your fault. Yeah. You have no control over. Yeah. And a top who has never had something go wrong in a scene is either unbelievably lucky or lying lying or they've done so few scenes they just haven't had anything go wrong yet exactly i think all of us who've had many years experience have had something some way go wrong and we should know all this right unless you're a fool (laughs) yeah if, if you're smart and experienced then you've identified ways to minimize risks but you still accept the fact. Shit happens. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a disaster either. Wrong can just be an oopsie. That happened to me. You had an oopsie? Well, I was the oopsed. What? My top leaned into my ear and went, oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got oopsed? I got oopsed. So it's not a big deal when it's a little oops, but there's other things that are much bigger deals. Right. And let's talk about the different types of mistakes. Different types of oops. Different ways things can go horribly wrong or a tiny wrong. Okay. All right. What do you want to do first? Equipment failure. Big one. It can be. It could be a small thing. I know in our community, we had a situation where during a suspension, the bolt that the suspension cords were hooked to mm-hmm. fell out of the ceiling and the bottom dropped and hit the floor. Now, thankfully, there was a happy ending. No serious injuries, just sore. But it could have been so much worse. Yes. And this is why we talk about 
being risk aware and understanding. If you're not the one who put the equipment in, you have to trust the people who put it in that it was put in right. And you're allowed to ask how things were put in. Your top should be checking equipment. But even if you do all of that right, it can happen. Yeah. Stuff can still go bonkers. Something very simple but annoying. This this doesn't have to be a catastrophe. I have had experience with this myself. Um, interruptions. Yeah, that pull you out of your headspace. Exactly. And this is as a bottom and as a top, you can get pulled out. So, pull out, pull out. Okay, there's a joke there. Um <laughs> we talk about sex? Uh, control? Yeah. Yeah, that was gonna be the joke, but <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I was demoing at an event. It was a weekend thing. And I think I've told this story before. So not a disaster, just more of a huge annoyance. But there was uh, tape around the different stations. And when I do electro demos, there's always a do not cross this zone at most places that are not fully kinky like this place was we have like a don't go zone Mm -hmm. because you don't want to accidentally get zapped i don't want to accidentally zap people right seems fair and reasonable to me seems logical well this completely drunk off her ass woman crawled across the tape without permission crossed that line crawled underneath my table when i had a bottom on it and i was doing electro on them and she apparently wanted to see the bottom's face while I was doing what I was doing. I immediately had to stop and I had to call a DM over to come and remove the person from underneath my table because there was no way in hell I was going to be zapping a person with somebody else underneath me. It was pulling me out of the headspace. If the bottom had realized that there was somebody under the table, I'm sure that would have been awkward, but their eyes were closed because they were in a zone. It was just, it could have been bad, but as it is, it was just really, really annoying. Yeah. And and interruptions can bother one person and not another. So be aware of this. Um, one of our patrons should, I thought it was a really funny story. And they said, looking back now, it's funny, but it wasn't at the time. Mm-hmm. They were planning on doing a scene with canes. Not their most favorite thing in the world at the time. I think they were new to it. And they needed to be in a very specific headspace in order to be able to use canes. So it it took a while because they needed to be warmed up properly and they needed to really get, so to speak, in the zone. They had given the green light and were about to start with the cane when someone's phone went off. And it wasn't enough that somebody's phone went off, but the sound was the Jurassic Park (laughs) theme song. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's hilarious. Right? But they lost it and they just started yelling red, 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 because their whole entire headspace was fucked up. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I would have been laughing my ass off. But, right. That's what I'm saying is, is it depends on the person. That wouldn't bother me. I mean, the concept would bother me because you should know better. Mm-hmm. But I, it wouldn't pull me out of the headspace, but it did for them. What about when you were doing that scene that your dom ordered you to do before the party? And you had an audience and then the commentator was commentating. Yeah. For some people, that commentary might have pulled them out of the headspace. I just told the bitch to shut up. Which, and then the rest of which us. she didn't. Then the but, rest of us joined in and golf clapped. Yeah. But I'm the exhibitionist who likes performance kink. Right. So it worked for me. And again, that probably would have set somebody off if it was other than you who gets off to that shit for being an exhibitionist. It would have really fucked somebody up. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that could mess things up for you in the scene, emotional triggers. Okay. Mm. I found this one specifically in a Reddit thread that was when scenes go wrong. <laughs> well done. Good research. Thank you. Thank you. I work hard at my research skills. <laughs> This is what the person said. I was still pretty green. This is many years ago. I took out my belt to spank someone who loved being spanked with paddles and by hand. I may even have beaten her with the belt before. I doubled up the belt and snapped it to make that popping sound. I thought nothing of it, started to spank her ass, and then, not as quickly as I should have, noticed she wasn't being verbal and wasn't responding physically. Turns out that that was the first emotional landmine I had stepped on. Her father had beaten her that way, and hearing that sound triggered her and brought it all back and sent her into a nonverbal space. Yep. I've had that experience myself, not with the belt specifically, but there's there's traumas in your life that can trigger you, and sometimes you don't know when that's going to happen. And you have to be prepared because, again, sometimes you don't even know you have a trigger or a trauma until it comes up. Yep. Until it happens, you have no idea it's there. And then you don't sometimes know what to do about it. So then the top doesn't know what to do about it. Exactly. And you need to be, have a game plan in mind and we'll, we'll get to that eventually right. of how to actually handle it once the things have gone wrong. So I've, I've told you one of the reasons I can't really do rope is because I don't like my wrists uh, like held together. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, so my husband knows about this. Daddy G knows. And we were doing something the other day and he kind of pinned me down and he immediately snaps himself out of it. And he goes, is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. It's the one hand with my arms over my head being held by one hand thing that I can't do. And it, I was once, this is, I think why I can't get into the rope headspace because the first time I ever tried it was with a person who was learning. And he tied my wrists together first thing. Mm. And then I just, I've never been able to get back into wanting to do rope because of that. So like, again, this is something like, if you don't know that this is a trigger, your top isn't going to know that this is a trigger. So you need to have something in mind. And like Rara said, we're going to get to that. Just keep learning, keep figuring stuff out, keep being aware. And this is why we've talked about in the how to be a better bottom episode is these are the sort of things that you need to make your top aware of, obviously, when you know it, so that hopefully they can be avoided. But sometimes, as this example just showed, you don't even realize it's going to trigger you. I'm pretty sure she didn't. And the fact that she went nonverbal immediately, like she she may not have been able to communicate. So as a good top, this top figured it out. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But I've done that before. I've had somebody go nonverbal on me and then I didn't cut. I, I kind of realized it after a, um, a hot minute, but didn't know. Yeah. Another thing that can go wrong. This one's pretty obvious injury. You have lots of experience with that one, don't you? Yeah. Um, one of our patrons shared this funny story. Well, parts of it are funny. Uh, my first time trying hardcore CNC with the person who is now my ex. The plan is for me to be at his house napping on the couch when he pretends to break in, threaten me with a blunted knife, take me to the bedroom and have his way. The scene, the scene starts going according to plan. We get to the bedroom. He pushes me onto the bed, gets on top of me, braces his hands near my head. I move a bit and the point of the knife punctures my temple. 
Ooh. It only went in a very small amount, less than like a centimeter, but it freaked him out. Um, I have some first aid training, so we stop. I apply pressure until it stops bleeding, clean the wound, stick a Band-Aid on it, and offer to keep going. But he is too freaked out to continue with the same narrative. So we had to change things up, and I reassured him I'm actually okay, and we were able to proceed. I can 100% see that why that freak him out. It doesn't matter if it's a little scratch, head wounds bleed. Head wounds bleed nasty wrong. Oh, my God. Right? And I think when people think about mistakes happening, they think about it from the bottom's perspective, that the bottom is freaked out. But this is a prime example of sometimes the bottom's like, shit happens, and they're fine. The top is the one who's now mentally messed up from it. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's a lot of responsibility when you're topping. You know, as much as we talk about personal responsibility with bottoms, too, as a, a regular top, it's a lot of pressure. And yeah, if, if shit gets wrong in your head, you're kind of fucked. But the funny thing is, is she got revenge on him a little bit later. Well, not really revenge, but got okay. it back. All right. So same guy and and her playing at the dungeon, this time with another Dom, who's actually her current partner. And the two are co-topping her for a bit of an interrogation scene where they question her to find out where she hid her stuffy. <laughs> okay. And the scene will not end until she gives up the location. Was it in the Cave of Wonders? Maybe. I don't know. How big was that stuffy or the cave? Yeah, you know, it could have been a very tiny stuffy. Right. <laughs> anyway, so she's in wrist cuffs that are attached to a spreader bar about the height of her partner's head, which is attached to a cable that can be raised or lowered via a pulley. Mm-hmm. She can also swivel, but she can't bring her arms down. So they're in the midst of the scene, having a good time. The partner stepped away for a second while the other top is still in directly engaged in the scene. She happened to twist her body as her partner approached. <laughs> I can you see know where this is going? Oh, yeah. And the bar catches the other guy on the side of his head and he hits the floor. Ow. Right? Um, she screamed and probably would have hurt myself trying to get out of the cuffs, but the other top grabbed her and other people at the dungeon came running over to make sure that the guy on the floor was okay, which he was. He did end up with quite the goose egg. Well, yeah, he got hit in the head with a bar. Well, next time he won't cut her with a knife. <laughs> well, He's, he was fine. He wasn't knocked out or unconscious or anything. They tried to continue the scene, but this time she was the one who was too shaken up to really give the interrogation scene justice and yeah. ended up revealing all of her secrets in just a few minutes. Where was the stuffy? That part wasn't shared with me. Damn, I have to know. We have to interrogate her. We are. We're gonna have to interrogate her over text. She's she's a patron. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that. (laughs) All right. Note to self: find out where the stuffy was hidden. Okay. Um, we also had a situation at a party. I I was there. I don't know if you were there for that lovely adventure. Uh, the fire situation. Yeah. Yeah, I was there, but I was a floor above. Ah, so was I. Um, so here's the situation. We had a top and a bottom doing a fire cupping scene. Turned into a fire scene. Turned, not, into, not a good fire scene. turned into second and third degree burns. Is no good. Right? Now, that was a very unfortunate experience for everyone involved, yet there was positive to it. Because that was the first time anyway that I had been at an event that had a true emergency. Had something go 
horribly wrong because not only was the bottom burnt, but there was a little bit of fire on the ground happening too. Mm -hmm. Now, talk about being fortunate. At this particular party, some of the guests were firefighters. Yes. And EMTs. And, and EMTs. Yes. And nurses. So that was that was handy. Right. Um, and the everybody stepped into action immediately and, and took care of everybody. And what I was most impressed by was obviously in this situation, the top and the bottom were royally fucked up. Yes. Okay. Mentally. And right. the bottom was physically. Yeah. The group broke into two parts and one group took care of the bottom and that was the people with the medical yes. background. And then people took care of the top, who was a disaster. Thank right? I mean, oh, so it was a bad situation, but it made me feel good the way our community handled it. Well, similar situation happened when the equipment failure happened with the rope. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty big emergency before we realized what was going on because the person was suspended upside down. So it could have been a lot worse than it was. Again, nothing really bad. But same thing happened. Two groups. Medical professionals went straight to the person who was, uh, you know, presumed injured. And another group of people went to take care of the top who was inconsolable for a time and was for long after this incident happened yeah they're still trying to get over that so i mean those the other things that can go wrong something simple as muscle spasms your muscles cramped up mm -hmm. i i had that happen once where i just needed to you know have it massaged out for a minute and i could go right back into the scene um and then of course limits you didn't know you had. I've had my knee lock up before during a scene when I didn't, I didn't know because I thought I had stretched, you know, I was fine. And then sometimes it just locks or pops out of place. I've, I've walked around on it when it was out of joint and couldn't figure out why the fuck it was hurting so bad. And then it happened during a scene once. And luckily at that point, I was like, oh, I know what this is. Hang on. Let me put my leg back together. <laughs> um, talking about limits you didn't know I had. The one and only time I've ever called red. It was for something that I never would have thought to warn my top about not to do. What was it? This is kind of funny. This is this is what happens when princesses do scenes. Okay. Why are you sounding like you're really embarrassed to say it? Okay. So it was summer and it was really, really hot in the dungeon because this particular dungeon doesn't have air conditioning. What did you boob sweat all over somebody? So the top was trying to help me out and splash some water on me to cool me down. Oh. And they missed and they ended up pouring a bottle of water over my head. Oh. Messing up what had been up until that point a fucking phenomenal hair day. You didn't know you had this limit? I didn't realize pouring a bottle of water on my head during a scene where my hair is going to get somewhat messed up during a scene, but I didn't realize that this was going to fuck my headspace up. <laughs> How long ago was this? Um, Pre-pandemic. Okay. And you've been in the scene for how long? I'd probably only been in it two-ish years at the time. Okay. Nobody had ever poured water on me. Okay. But we all know how much you value your hair well yes is that just a now thing 
Oh, no, that's been a since I was okay. a kid thing. Okay. Since I discovered my princessness. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. But I, just, I, I knew, I could tell you that messing up my hair would piss me off. I, what I didn't know is it would so mess up my head space that I couldn't continue the scene. Definitely a princess. Yes, I tell people all the time, Princess Rara, the princess is real. <laughs> Anybody who knows me in person could vouch for this. Um, yes, me. I can vouch for that. <laughs> Just saying. It's all true. Anyway, Rara. Yes. Back on track. You, okay. know, you know how we have issues with staying on track in yeah. the podcast and we have to kind of drag our asses back into what, what we were talking about. about. Talking about, yeah. How do you get yourself back on track after you've had an incident? Ooh, she used the deep voice. I did, and I leaned quite far into the mic so that it sounds... I went British for a second. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> an incident. Let's start. Something goes wrong, right? What yep. the fuck do you do? First of all, if you need to move to a safe area, if it's equipment, if it's somebody's in your way. Something's um, on fire. Right? I, I did once where, uh, I remember Simple Beauty and I were at Baltimore Playhouse. And we were doing a suspension scene. And there was somebody doing single tail next to us. And they got her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, so we needed to move. Yep. And get her out of the line of fire. I mean, in an ideal situation, the asshole would have moved. But we already figured that anybody who wasn't being cognizant enough of what was around him in the first place, we moved. Well, you also needed to rescue that asshole from her. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> because one more hit, if I remember correctly, when, when you guys have told me this story before, if I remember right. correctly, she about to murder somebody. Yep. Okay. Next step, deal with any injuries. If there are any injuries, you've got to take care of those first. Um, and it may be that the top can't take care of the bottom because they're too fucked up. So hopefully other people yep. will be there. I mean, obviously, if it's just the two of you alone, you got to step up. You're going to have to step up because always injuries have to be dealt with first. I, I've always said I'm very lucky in my headspace. I don't I'm really good during an emergency while the emergency is happening. And I've had my fair share of emergencies myself with people that I'm responsible for at work, everything uh, during scenes. I've had my fair share of emergencies. I'm pretty good about it. After the emergency, I'm fucked up and can't cannot cope. Oh, my God. We found something else we have in common. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. I am fucking phenomenal during emergency. Yeah. And then when it's all over. You fall apart. I'm going to go into a corner and cry my ass out. I've thrown up. Well, I haven't done that because I, I hate throwing up. I had such it's a bad limit. There was somebody that had a seizure and I was the first person to them. Oh. And uh, I used my arm as a pillow to keep their head, you know, stable from crashing onto the floor. And it was so bad um, that... I literally, I was with them until the ambulance came and took them away. They had to question me about times and everything. And I was so stressed at the end of this that I had to run to the bathroom and I threw up. I have had, I've dealt with seizures uh, from family members. Mm -hmm. I actually, when I lived in Boston, I was on the T and the, I was with somebody who ended up having a seizure and they were all alone. So I became their emergency room buddy. Oh boy. And went with them. And stayed with them until they were released. Mm -hmm. I, a perfect stranger. I had no idea who they were. 
See, this is what I talk about when I tell you how maternal I am. Yeah. Right? Let's see. Daddy J has sliced off the tip of his finger on a mandolin. Yeah, he's not allowed to use it anymore. He still does. <gasps> I'll he, talk to him. He uses a guard now. Oh, well, thank God. I got an extra one yeah. <laughs> just in case. Like, we literally have two guards for this mandolin now. You can use the green one or you can use the white one. Which does one he do you- not know blood is a hard limit for you? Oh, yeah. But at the time, you know, like I said, during. So I was literally one, no, two blocks away at a stoplight on my way home from from work and he calls me and he says hey how far away are you he's like i'm at the light do you need me to go and get something at the store i can make a quick right and go to the store because no i need you to get home right away and i need you to take me to the hospital wait what so i floor it luckily the light just turned green and i get home and i burst in the door and he's holding his hand and there's blood dripping everywhere because it literally he called me without even putting anything on it and i grab a towel i wrap him up in it well the finger um run to the emergency room with him it's all good he almost passed out this is the one time that i have seen this man almost hit the deck and we got back home after everything was done and we found the chunk okay still hanging from the the, mandolin mandolin. so you just threw the mandolin out and got a new one nope ew i'm never eating anything your house it's been sanitized But I, I have to tell you, I'm kind of shocked that you, of all people, didn't, didn't get rid of it. I wanted to. I tried. But at that point, that was when I hit the deck. Once we got home, I had driven him home. I was perfectly fine. And then he says, he looks at the mandolin, which is still on the fucking counter. The person who was still at the house as a guest at that point did not bother cleaning anything up so that we didn't have to look at it when we got home, which is a whole other story. Maybe they didn't. They couldn't because of the blood. Possibly. Um, that would have also been me, but at the time I was like, clean it up so I don't have to come and look at it. So I, he said, hey, look, the chunk of my finger is still in oh, the mandolin. Oh, oh, Hold up a minute. How am I telling this story just perfectly fine and you're Because I'm free- getting a visual of a chunk of a finger. It was just a little chunk. Do I need to call purple here? Maybe, but we yeah. went when we went to the ER, they asked what's wrong. He said, what's the medical term for chunk? <laughs> Is there one? Did they give him a medical term? Yes. So it, he said, is it divot? <laughs> it's evulsion. Okay. So can we use that term instead of chunk? Okay. So the evulsion. Thank of you. I feel so much better. There and he found it. So yeah, I made him throw, throw that piece out anyway. I am so sorry to anyone who was maybe eating when the story was being told. <laughs> I got to freak out for a change. It's Dara who's gone off the deep end. <laughs> I'm actually kind of gleeful about this right now. I'm like, <laughs> you are just not right sometimes. Uh, have you met me? Yes. Uh, I'm just stating a fact. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so is this the point where we have to get back on track? <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> Reel me back before in. Before we lose all of our listeners. Hey, hey, listen, you said shit that made me want to just like hit the deck during the podcast. Okay, I didn't talk about chunks of body We're parts. Evulsions. Evulsions. Evulsions of body parts. <laughs> My God. So, so sorry, everybody. Let's see. I've been in a situation where somebody oh, got gosh. a pencil stuck in their head. Um, I've broken my arm a few times. That was great. I'm a walking disaster, Rara. Yeah, I know. I did not get the pencil stuck in my head. Well, I hope not. That was my hand. I accidentally stapled myself and not with the good kind of staples, like with an old fashioned paper stapler. How? I was holding it and it. It was, just went off? I was holding it the wrong way. Is that kid. like I tripped and fell on his dick? Yes. 
I was a kid. Oh my. Well, that's how I got the pencil that yeah. stuck in my hand. I was bouncing as a yeah. kid. I was bouncing the pencil with the eraser and I caught it wrong. Right. Anyway, oh, I think so, that was the beginning of my staple fetish. I think it was, okay. but I do not have a pencil <laughs> fetish because of that. But you do have so, a pen fetish, so I don't know. I mean, there's a big difference between pencil lead stabbing and writing beautiful w- things and letters with ink. So yes, fair enough. Anyway, so the important thing to remember is if you do cause bodily harm to someone else, it it's don't beat yourself up about it a little bit (laughs) speak much no i know both (laughs) of you are bound to be really a mess especially if it's been something horrible that has happened all right it's an important time be kind to each other i mean even if you as the bottom think the top fucked up and it's all their fault now is not the time for the blame game nope do that later right after the investigation yeah (laughs) She's so mean that way. Be (laughs) kind to yourself. Be kind to your partner. Take care of each other and try to calm yourself down. Maybe go have an alcoholic beverage if that will help. Or in in my case, a pink drink. Something that will put you maybe in a happier place. Cuddle. Well, if Daddy J causes harm, I'm going to go have a pout rather than a cuddle. I'm going to be mad for a hot minute. Yeah, and and I understand that we're human. We have emotions. Oh, I'm not going to scream at the guy or anything, right? But like, I'm gonna. It's going to take me a minute. Mm-hmm. So, and that's okay too. Yeah, you're entitled to that. Um, but beating yourself up is not productive. It solves nothing. It doesn't prevent this from happening again. It is a matter of if you fucked up, apologize, own it, make a genuine, sincere apology. And leave it at that. You don't need to apologize profusely, constantly. I mean, even in my religion, we have a rule. You apologize three times. And then if the person doesn't accept it, then God will take over and God always accepts your apology. So, you know, there's limits mm-hmm. to to what you should do. Um, even if, as I said, even if there was fault on the other person's side, don't be mean about it. You can talk to them about what you think that they did wrong and how it went wrong but if somebody started blaming you and yelling at you and tell you you fucked up you did everything wrong the odds are you're probably going to get defensive yeah right even if in the back of your mind you know damn well it was you it still doesn't help to have your nose rubbed in the shit you know that's true they tell you with puppies don't rub their nose it doesn't do anything yeah it just it's just that you're a shit rubbed dog um, so, like, remember the time that I accidentally blood played you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this she'll talk about. I Blood I'm fine with. What, what's the word, technical word? Evulsions. Evulsions is gross. Okay, but there was blood. I didn't mind the blood. When you talked about the blood, I was fine. It was the evulsion that was still part of the mandolin that threw me for the and fucking weirdly loop. enough, that's not throwing me <laughs> at all. What the fuck? <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe I'm just so far removed from that (laughs) that it's like, all right, whatever. Anyway, did I mention it was my birthday when that happened? Happy birthday? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, That was one of the first times that we lied to the ER about him being my fiance so that I could actually go in there with him. We weren't even we weren't even engaged at the time. Um, Anyway, back to the story about me blooding Mm -hmm. Rara. I didn't know about it. Then there was a nurse 
taking care of her at the time. I went up to take a shower because I was like, oh, yeah, you done. All right. No problem. And then they sent I me a picture. I didn't know you had done it. Yeah, It well, was behind me. I couldn't see. Right. So then the nurse takes a picture. Thanks, T. <laughs> sends it to me. And, and I, I think about- we posted it in the group and somebody in the group noticed it. And tagged me. And, and said, then, is that and then I saw blood? It. And then I almost passed out in the shower. Oops. Because we were about to have a party. That was, um, that that's actually on video because that was our electro impact scene for the patrons. Yes. So there's proof of that. And I went, oh my fucking God. Once I recovered and was conscious again, <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking God, I'm so, so sorry. And Robert was like, eh, it happens. Oh, I got cut. Oops. Yeah. She, she knew it could happen. I didn't. I had warned you. Remember? I said I have this exact same toy, but I use mine for blood play. I didn't think I hit you that hard with it. I didn't realize that it took nothing. It's nothing. got sharp, pointy stuff. That's the oops that happened to me that I talked about. I got hit with that a was toy. Me. No, no. That was that was John. Oh. He hit me with a meat tenderizer. It drew blood. Oops. I feel like you would know that a meat tenderizer would do that, that. though. I know. I gave John a lot of grief about it when I saw him last week at the munch. I'm like, how do you not know it's a fucking meat tenderizer? I use it as part of blood play. I I mean, that one seems... The tenderizer part would kind of... You'd think there'd be a lot of evulsions. Yeah, there aren't. Um, Anyway. Evulsion's a hard limit for me. Yeah. Blood's fine. One of the things that when scene goes wrong, you're going to want to sit down at some point and dissect what happened. Oh, dissect. Oh, God. Don't don't use that in the context Sorry. of what we were talking about. <laughs> That's... Dissecting evulsions don't work together no. for you. You're going to want to analyze. Thank you. What happened in the scene, where it went wrong, so that you can learn lessons from it. You don't have to do that immediately. It's okay to say, I need time. Mm-hmm. I need time to myself. Because I need to emotionally deal with whatever happened. Maybe you need to physically deal with whatever happened. Like the poor person with the burns who ended up having to go to the ER. Yeah. Um, when you are up for it, and it could be late, five minutes later, 15 minutes later, an hour later, the next day, two days later, whatever it is you need to be okay mentally before you have the debrief, it will make it a much more productive debriefing you don't want to do it angry as well you can you can be irritated you can be frustrated you don't want to be overwhelmingly angry so that it fucks with both of you again right because that's not going to be productive plus sometimes you're angry at what happened but not at the person right but it's hard for that other person to differentiate that i'm just angry that this happened it's not your fault and we've seen that happen too we the the equipment failure we the bottom was like no no it's fine i get it i understand this is what happened but the the top was like not not putting that together in their own head so the top wasn't ready yeah no at all all right so now it's later whether that's the couple hours later the next day whatever we're ready for the next part of this check in with each other make sure everybody's doing better mentally if there was a physical injury make sure everybody's physically doing better um and then be prepared to offer whatever comfort or support that you can i know in the instance with the fire right the top checked in with the bottom and made sure that they were okay where things were they offered to help 
pay for medical bills mm-hmm. that were incurred because of this. I mean, what maybe you just need, they just want to vent and you need to listen to them. Okay. And here's the important thing. Remember, if there's an injured party, they get to act how they want and they get to be supported in how they need, not what you would want. So maybe their support is, I need not to talk to you for two or three days while I process process this. It doesn't matter that you need to talk to them to process. They're the injured party. Their wants, desires, and needs are going to come first. And maybe you just need to pull aside a friend and process with them, somebody who was there or just a good friend. And let the, I I don't want to use the term victim because that that, that insinuates- a lot of evil yeah. done, which isn't, I'm not talking about somebody who's hurt you on purpose. It's not a malicious intent. Sometimes this shit happens. And like, just because the other person needs some time to process, they are entitled to that. And, you know, you could, you could just pull, like Robert said, you could have somebody who was there to help be your support. You could have a non-interested third party who wasn't there be your support and come at it from an outside angle. Go see a therapist or something if you need to. Yeah. Actually, a third-party person is a great idea if you need, when you do get together and debrief, if you think there's going to be problems. Plus, sometimes, too, if there were, if you were at a public place and there were people who witnessed it, maybe they've, they saw something you didn't see. Mm-hmm. So you might want to include them in that debriefing. But now that it's been a little bit time removed from the incident, you're probably in a much better place to have that debriefing. You're over the initial shock, upset, maybe the disbelief that, oh my fuck, what just happened? Right? But you're still close enough to the incident to really be able to analyze it effectively. I mean, if you wait a month, you might not remember all the details. That's a bit too long. Right? You need some some time frame where you're calm but you're not completely removed from it. You got to find that balance. Right. So, and the other thing you need to do is use it as a learning experience. It is, you're always learning. We are always learning. I learned don't hit people with a curry comb. I didn't learn that lesson. No. (laughs) I sure as fuck did. Well, you can't anymore because that curry comb's mine now. So how do you use it on anybody? But I have another one. It came in a two-pack. Oh. So now I just rub it on people and I scratch them with it and that's it. No tap taps. <laughs> All right. <gasps> so let's talk about the debriefing. What should you be talking about? Well, talk about what went wrong. Let's exactly what happened. Was it an injury? Did the equipment fail? Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about the res- your respective headspaces before, during, and after. Talk about how you responded how the bottom responded, how people around you responded. I do know in the one case of the equipment failure that we keep referring to, she was with it enough that she cut the bottom out. I do know that. Right. Um, The bottom, however, was with it enough that they were like, no, you don't have to just untie all the knots. And everybody was like, no, no. No, that the top was right. Because as we all know, if you have a fall like that, you don't know what movement might do to exacerbate an injury. So you just cut the ropes out and let them yeah. fall. And and gentle reminder, do not move a person who has fallen on their head. Yeah. Do not move a person who has fallen. I mean, I would strongly suggest, it's not a requirement, but I would strongly suggest that anybody 
who participates in kink activities would benefit from a first aid class? Honestly, I think it's it's probably a good idea to get CPR certified too. Usually the two are together. It's a CPR yeah. slash first aid Just class. Just in case. Yeah. Because if... Just in case. Is that the official word? Yes. Not littling at all during emergency situations. It just came out. I understand. It's, this is very distressing to you. So your little's coming I'm out. I'm coping. Too. You cope how you need to. With the sippy. I don't have this. I know. I'm sorry. Well, I have a water bottle that's like semi-sippy. So that might work. It's just a giant sippy. There you go. Anyway, I'm going to freak rah out and start talking about evulsions again just to get her on the same page as me. But... Get your tongue back in your mouth, woman. (laughs) How rude. (laughs) Anyway, you just need to make sure that you you know what to do. Like if you're the type of person who panics during an emergency, work on that. Or make sure then that there's always other people around. Then I if you're the type who panic during emergency, maybe private play. Not your best. Not a good option. Um, because, like I said, just in cases. You also want to discuss the factors that contributed to it. Maybe you had, you know, let's say the interruption with the phone, right? Mm-hmm. What contributed to it? The fact that other people didn't put their phone on silent. So maybe you know next time to ask the people who are around you, can you just all make sure that your phone's on silent? That kind of thing. Knocks down my headspace. I mean, I'm really surprised by that only because I know at least the public dungeons that I've been to, you're not allowed to have your cell phones with you in the dungeon area. That's what I was going to point out. I mean, I, at least at public dungeons, you're generally not allowed to have your phone with you. Yeah. At private house parties, though, that's different. Yes. Right. Um, you're going to want to know what controls you can put into place to mitigate the risk of a similar incident next time. And, you know, in the case of equipment failures, you really got to check stuff out, especially if it's at the same place um, at a um, at a public dungeon. They'll usually have some sort of investigation on that because the the space is responsible. Yeah. Right. And this is also a good time to ask each other, what do you need? What can I how can I support you in this? need me to leave you alone. You need me to call and check in on you every day. If we're living together, do you need extra cuddles? Whatever it is, ask for it. Do you need coffee? Always need coffee. The answer (laughs) to that question is always yes. If your emergency kit includes instant coffee and chocolate, yeah, that sometimes might be good. If you're having difficulty processing and you're struggling with guilt or lack of trust or other issues, You might need to reach out to a kink-friendly therapist. You could talk to your other kink friends Mm -hmm. who you'd be surprised at how many people may have not been the exact same situation, but something similar. And sometimes you need to step away. You do what you need to do to cope. Yeah, the the top who's involved in the that rope suspension had actually sort of oddly worked out because they definitely needed a break and then the pandemic hit, so they were forced to take a break anyway. Worked out really well. Right. Um, Another important thing to remember, when all of this is happening, there is a very good possibility you're also experiencing drop. Because think about it. If there's been an emergency, you have had no time to slowly, gradually come out of the scene. It was instantaneous. Boom. Scene over. Yep. Which is more likely going to... It called right on the scene. Yeah. Which is more likely going to cause you to drop. 
And not to mention, if you're like rah rah me, the the part about being good during an emergency, well, for me at least, is mostly adrenaline, mm-hmm. which is why I hit the deck when it was over. All the that's exactly what happens to me is I'm pretty sure it's it's just drop. I've got all the adrenaline. I've got all the stuff that's keeping me focused and ready during the process. But when it's over and I can relax, I go down. Crash and burn, baby. Yeah. All right. So you've gone off. You've done all this. And now maybe you want to play again with that top. What do you do? All right. You go slow. Very slow. You have to build trust again. Whether that be the trust with that person, whether it be the trust in the equipment, the process, the surroundings, the actual scene itself. Okay. It's going to be a bit of a challenge. And I think it's going to be important before the scene starts, check in with each other. Make sure you're both emotionally and physically in a good place. Because if you're not and you try to do a scene and it gets messed up again or you have to write out of the scene because you're not in the right headspace... Now you're going to make a bad situation even worse. Yep. And that's going to be much harder to come back and from. Re-traumatize everybody. Okay. Negotiate the fuck out of that scene, that first scene you do together afterward. And make sure you've got everything spelled up front, including nonverbal cues, like make people aware of your nonverbal cues. And this is really important, especially if the scene went wrong because of a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. Yeah. That's that building the trust after that is probably going to be harder. And it's, if it's established that it's just a simple miscommunication, it it doesn't matter. It still might be even harder to build up trust than an equipment failure because an equipment failure, you can like, Oh, that's how we fix that. Um, A miscommunication can injure the trust with the other person. And that can, actually have more lasting damage um you might have to verbally uh reaffirm consent because especially if it was something that the top feels that they made a mistake in as the bottom you might need to just reaffirm look i'm okay i want you to do this you have my consent to do this and you know pump them back up a little bit there's a joke in there too somewhere but i'm gonna leave that one for now yeah Okay, I'm sure you'll come. I can't stay serious this long. Now look, anybody who knows us and listens to us know we don't stay serious that long. God, it was starting to get seriously depressing and like all serious and like lots of words with serious. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. I need to lighten it up a little bit. Okay, okay? fine. All right. Um, and then as I said, ease back in slowly, right? If you used to play it like an eight or a 10 intensity, do that for a scene at maybe a four intensity. Until you both feel really safe and comfortable with what's going on. Um, You know, you might maybe instead of when you used to do really crazy blood play scenes, then you start off with just a gentle spanking. The only thing that matters really is that you play at a level that you're both comfortable at. And just because it's a less intense scene doesn't mean you failed. So speaking from experience on your end, uh-huh. what you got? I know you've got a couple of times that a scene has gone wrong for you. And like, how did you handle it? Well, I've got two examples of what I consider scenes having gone wrong. And in one instance, 
the top handled things, what I consider the proper way, and the other scene, not so much. Okay. All right. Um, and these are what I would consider injuries because these were both times unintentional blood play. Me? No, you're actually not one of them. Okay. And and that one, I don't even consider that an oopsie because that one I knew that was a possibility. I mean, you were playing with a curry comb. I sort of expected it. And I had to reassure you. I was fine. Yeah, you had to reassure right? me a lot. Talk about a fucked up headspace after that. The same way with the oopsie with the meat tenderizer. I would have told you a meat tenderizer would do that. So I was totally fine. These both also happened before I was into blood play. So I'll just preface this by saying I'm not sure what my reaction would be today, given what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, first one happened during a flogging scene. My top was a, a good friend and I'd seen with him several times before and we'd never had a problem before. On this particular night, he had a brand new flogger that he had made himself. Things were going fine. I was having a good time when all of a sudden he stopped flogging and he gasped. <clears throat> See, the handle of his flogger was held to the base with a very long screw. And apparently when he hit me, the screw grazed my ass, taking, um, what, what's the word we're looking for? Evulsion. Evulsion of skin with it. <laughs> I, I, I failed to see why you could just giggle at this part, but during my story, you were like, because yours was probably, his was probably a bigger evulsion than what I, because I was not at a point where I required stitches at all. Uh, well, his didn't either, technically. Yeah. It was just surgical nothing. glue or something? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even require that. <laughs> Mine was just one of those scrapes. Okay. Well, then that's versus... not an evulsion. If it's not like a divot of skin being taken yeah, out. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was like a scrape where people will say a chunk of skin, but it yeah. really isn't a chunk. Do you know, do you know why I like the word divot though? Because it's a golf term. And when you do a divot with this, with the, um, with the grass, you put it back in and you yeah. stomp on it. We couldn't do that with this. I'm trying to envision you and Daddy J trying to stomp on his finger. Come on, get no, back in. If we had brought the chunk with us, they could have stuck it back on the finger and then glued it. And then he- I cannot believe you of all people are totally okay with the story. This is so unlike you. Like, I feel like there's an alien that has taken over your body. Where is my friend Dara? Because Look, this is not her. I don't know why, but for some reason, like, this is in my head. Is I'm associating this with an injury that I took care of, and it was fine. All right. Uh, listen, I, I'm all for it. I told you I crashed afterwards. It's just been a few years, so I'm very removed from it now. Anyway, so I had, I was bleeding, right? Yeah. He immediately checked with me to make sure that I was okay. And the funny part is, I didn't even know it had happened. It was behind me. I, was gonna say I couldn't see it. You couldn't feel that? I was, I don't want to say spacey because I don't really go into full outside space, but I was in a happy place. How's that? I was in a good, happy place and okay. things felt good. Um, He reached, he had a first aid kit with him. He immediately got it out of his toy bag and he dealt with the cut. And he apologized multiple times for the injury. Right? So once the injury had been dealt with and my top was assured that I was okay, we started talking about what happened and he started trying to figure out where things went wrong. I only know about it being the screw that caused the whole thing because he investigated it. He said, oh my God, I've drawn blood on my bottom. How did I do this? Where did, what happened? My, my, what do we call those? 
um, Mike Bonks, Mike Bonkage or something. Yeah, except it was your hand, not your. I know, I, but I was bopping. I was talking with my hand, so yeah. it was Mike. Uh, that's fine. Bopping. I'll just leave that stuff in there now that everybody knows what it is. It's like, <laughs> all right, whatever. Rah, rah, bop, bop the mic again. Yeah. Sorry, so we, because now I really got talking with my hand. You are flailing <laughs> is what you are doing. Uh, quick question. Yes. I thought it was your bottom that he scratched, not his bottom. Yes, but I was his bottom. Do you know what I meant? Yes. I was his bottom. Yes, I did. Thank you. Do you feel better? Yes, I, I know. Had, I had you're, to. You're, this is too serious. You're yeah. trying to. I understand. Well, no, it's not that it's too serious. It's you said something and that was what was in my head and I'm not in a space where I can just keep my mouth shut right now. I, I see that. That's okay. You're I mean, allowed to do that. That's what makes the podcast go round yes. is us not being able to keep our mouth shut. Yeah, never can. Never will. Okay, somebody told me Somebody told me the other day, a child told me to be quiet. And I'm like, better people than you have tried to get me to do that. And I've had no luck. Neither will you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a thing. <laughs> that's like saying don't breathe. Okay? These things just don't happen. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, but he, he figured out what happened. So it was two things, actually. It was the screw was too long. And she's making fun of me because I'm showing her. How long was that screw? It that looks like about big. looks like about three inches. Yeah, would you say? Big. Okay. And he was close enough to me that it yeah got to me. All right. So he figured out how he could correct the error. He was going to go home and look at all of his floggers that he had made and ensure that the screws were trimmed down. And therefore, it wouldn't happen again. He also, through discussion with me and discussion with people who had witnessed this, realized that he really should stand a little further back than he had been standing, just to assure that the handle was less likely to touch my bottom or whoever else's it was. And then he checked in with me for several days, make sure that the cut was healing nicely, that there was no problem. And to just let me know, hey, I've learned, I've gone through, I fixed my floggers. And that's that's the best you can hope for. Yeah. And I'm not one to really get bent out of shape over mistakes happening. I've always said everything, everybody will experience mistakes. It's how you handle those mistakes that will determine whether or not I will interact with you again. And that's whether it's tops, restaurants, whatever. It's all about how you handle those mistakes. He handled it as far as I was concerned, the best it possibly could have. And I was willing to scene with him again. And I did. So the second one, you said this one didn't handle it very well? This one did not get handled as well. Right. And this time, this actually happened during my birthday spanking scene. Mm -hmm. Back in the olden days, one of the things that I used to do for my birthday spankings was I would pick some of my regular tops. Because again, remember, I, I'm Polly when it comes to my kink yes. tops. And I would give them each a certain number of hits or spanks. And in this particular situation, I had asked them to pick out what was my favorite implement of theirs. Mm -hmm. One top, he used a single tail. I love doing single tail with him. I used to do amazing fucking single tail scenes with him. Um, and some pretty risky ones. He, I would put clothespins on and he'd knock the clothespins off with the single tail. So I trusted him. Right. Now, look, is it possible that a single tail can cut me? Sure as hell is. I knew that risk. And that's what happened. On the third hit, he cut me and left me almost like a two-inch cut. All right. And it ended up 
I had a spotter. Because again, I'm my back, I can't see what's going on back there. The spotter called the scene to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and helped clean me up and everything. Now I went back and finished the scene because we hadn't yet reached the magical number of my birthday spanks. And I was really super spacey. That was probably one of the spaciest I'd ever been. So I wasn't hurting. Yeah, you were pumped up on adrenaline. Yep. So that was it. Now all the top did at the time was went, oops. And he never apologized. And he actually never mentioned the incident again. Now, I had to wear bandages on this cut for like two weeks because of all things, on top of all that, because I couldn't properly take care of it because of its location, I couldn't reach it. Mm-hmm. It got partially infected. And I had two people living with me at the time. One was my son. Didn't think it would be That's a good, mommy, good mommy, mommying to have him touch my ass and... And fix it. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Luckily, I had um, my roommate at the time. And he had to, he was such a good sport about it. I felt really, thank God for kinky roommates, right? Right. So I would go downstairs and I'd bring my bandages and my Neosporin. And he would put the Neosporin on and put fresh bandages. So I had for like two weeks have to take care of this. And I do have a little bit of a scar. Again, luckily, I can't see it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's the risk that I'm taking with this but the top never mentioned it again he never talked to me about um you know debriefing is there something right how can we avoid this from happening in any of that there's no apology nothing and it really impacted my ability to trust him and i didn't do a scene with him for probably three years and you never did a single tail scene with him again i haven't yeah and it's sad because I loved our single tail scenes. Um, and, and I loved the scenes that we did once I was able to get past the treasures. I mean, we never really, I mean, our friendship was affected, not to the point that I stopped being friends with him because right. he's part of our circle. But it, I was, what's the word? I just a little bit hesitant. Leery. leery. I was definitely yeah. leery and um, saddened because he didn't respond the way I would have expected him to when you hurt a friend and I was concerned about other people maybe getting hurt or upset I mean as again as I said I knew this was a risk what if somebody didn't realize yeah that's, and they ended up they ended up scarred so I, I wanted to bring up the scene that happened at your party last week there was uh, an injury oh yeah per se and while it was not a medical emergency, me and the bottom were aware that this was going to be a possibility. So we've talked about something like this before. We did a, we played Operation. And the Another bottom. one of my brilliant ideas, the Dar and her brilliantness made a reality. I executed it. You you came up with it and you set it up and I knocked it down. How's oh, yeah. That? What a team. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Team. We're going to do that with We should do a podcast together. Hey. That's a really good idea. I know. Another great idea. I am i don't know how to make that happen, but I can help. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, so we're going to have to divvy up the, the directions and like how to do stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so this scene, the bottom and I were perfectly aware of the risks. We're not entirely sure that everybody else was. Come to think of it. Like, I don't remember either me or the bottom warning everybody that this, that the, so the, the bottom is allergic to metal. And now that I've said that, most people know who we're talking about. And so 
she was having a great old time. I was not participating. I was flinging confetti on her and people were pulling them off with tweezers, electrified tweezers. Okay. So I was keeping an eye on her skin this whole time, but it was dark. There was a lot of people. And and if I remember correctly, we could have established better rules. I wasn't really expecting to s- people to pull in different, ob- right, because, different objects than what I gave them. Yeah, exactly. We didn't we didn't know things would happen. This is what we talked about, right? We mentioned earlier about limits you don't even know you have till they, right. till they happen. Sometimes you negotiate the best you can and things happen that you couldn't negotiate because it honestly just never crossed your mind right. that this would happen. So that, you know, something happened that was out of our control, a mine in the bottoms. And we were like, huh. All right. Note to self. Next time we're going to be much more strict about this. And there, the best part about this is there is going to be a next time. We have this planned again for next week. We're just restricting certain things about it that we learned from this scene going wrong. You debriefed. We did. We've debriefed a lot. So the the basis of this is she did end up having an allergic reaction. And this shit came on fast. Like suddenly I looked down. Her entire stomach is bright red, raised, like raised red welts. And this was very difficult to see because the lighting was kind of bad. We, it we was have a dungeon. Mo- we have mood lighting in the dungeon. It was dark. We couldn't very well see it. There was a bit of what there was like a red light that take yeah. yeah. So it was hard to see red on this pasty white girl skin. <laughs> yeah, normally you'd be able to see it, but in this case it was very difficult. Um so I actually called the scene. It took seven minutes. And I went, nope, we're done. Everybody off. Picked her up, went upstairs to check everything out. Uh we were looking for um, things to put on it. We didn't have any aloe because nobody thought anything of this. Um, but we put on some Neosporin on her and that helped. And we waited for what? What was it like 20 right. minutes? And I don't have anti, I don't have allergy cream. Yes. I had, I mean, I had Sudafed, which I offered and uh, it was turned down. Well, I don't- but these are things, these are things to maybe think about having in your first aid kit. So especially the- if you're doing like, the Electra. thing is, I normally have that. Why didn't you? Uh, because I didn't for some reason. I think it's at work. I, l- I left it at work because I had a thing and I put it in my desk. And normally I have allergy cream in my fucking purse. I have Benadryl cream in my purse. It just wasn't there. Somehow, some way, it got misplaced. I didn't have it. And so I was really, really mad at myself because this is something I always have like for me. So like that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so now, not only is there Benadryl cream in my purse, I'm going to have Benadryl cream in my kit. Mm-hmm. I bought two different kinds. I got a, I got Benadryl with aloe, and then I got plain aloe because I thought about this. I was like, why the fuck do you not have aloe when you play with shit that causes electrical burns? Mm-hmm. Excellent so now I'm question. Like, bad top, bad top, bad top. Get it. So I got like a three pack. Right. And I'm always going to have one on me. There's already in my kit. It's all good. And the, but we went home. We ended up having to go home because she was like, yeah, this is left early. This is starting to burn. And I went alarm bells. Let's go. I was like, we'll take you to CVS. We'll get you some, we'll get you some cream, whatever. She goes, no, it's not that bad, but we should probably, we should probably go. I was like, okay. So we went home and I did have the cream 
in my bathroom. We took her back to my house, slathered her in cream. It was kind of nice for us. We had a little bit of a cool down scene afterwards. She was laying in my bed, like clothes off, and I was just slathering cream on her. We actually turned it into it. It was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> we had an interlude. No, I'm kidding. We didn't. Um, aftercare. It was. It was actually. It was literally just aftercare. It wasn't actually anything that sexy. Mm-hmm. We were making fun of it, like it was like, oh, you should rub cream on me more often. But it wasn't. It was just me rubbing because she cream. was injured. Yeah. And um, yeah. So now we have. I gave her the tube, and she used it for a couple days after. And I was checking on her for two or three days, and she's all good now. It's fine. She's literally like, all right, let's do this again. Okay, but this time, we're changing it. Yeah. And this is why we talk about the debriefing. This is why the debriefing is so important. Because once you identified, A, you need different materials materials in case of another allergy or an incident. So now you've got all that extra stuff in your kit. You've learned you can only use these particular tweezers. Well, actually, next time with her, we're not even going to use tweezers. We're not using any metal at all mm-hmm. for this because not well. So like if it was people that we knew and we had experience with, if it was just you, if it was just me, if it was just like, you know, her girlfriend, whatever, right. people who know and are, you know, aware of this allergy wouldn't have a problem because we wouldn't. Part of the problem was people were pressing. Well, I think people misunderstood the point of the game. They they thought it would be funny to get to electrify to zap her. her to zap her versus when you play the game operation, the object is not to zap. Right. But she's such a good giggler when she gets zapped. She's I think that's the problem. Smarmy. I think it's her fault because she sounded so amazing when she giggled from the zapping. People just wanted to keep hearing that sound. There is a video that we're releasing about that soon. It will be for available patrons. for patrons. So if you would like to join, please join us at pinkkinkpodcast.com. Uh, and then that's the website and there's links and all that good yeah. stuff. I did that for way our, worse than Rara did. I know. She would like me to fix that yes, for you. Yes, please fix okay. that. Go to patreon.com slash pink kink podcast and join us. Those in the impactful and electrifying tiers have access to videos. It's a pretty cute video. It really is. And if you like those giggles, you're going to get to hear them a lot. Giggles, squirms, plus she's smoking hot. So it was great. Uh, Anyway, point being, we debriefed. We fixed it. We have a game plan going forward. She's not angry. She's like... Her skin was irritated, but she's okay. Right. And like, we have a game plan going forward. No broken trust, nothing. This was the first time we had done this. Lessons were learned. I mean, that's the thing to talk about when we, we talk about all the different th- things can go wrong. When you're doing something for the first time, there's always a chance that something could go wrong because it's the first time. And you know that old saying, you don't know what you don't know? Yeah. And we clearly didn't communicate the object of the game as well as we should have. Right. And next time going forward, since there's going to be people involved in this scene that we don't actually know. Because you'll be do- you're doing it at Risque. We're doing it at Risque. Which will have already happened by the time this episode gets released because we are, we are in the past talking about the future. But then people will be listening to it happening in the past. I don't know. Uh, time, timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. <laughs> Again. Anyway, we'll, we might do a little, hey, this is what happened in this scene. We'll, we'll catch you up on it. Yeah. The saga of the Operation Game. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about what happened because it's also going to be the night that I get to do. I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Sutures. Do you see this face? 
I love that face. This face did not waver. No, I'm very impressed with that face. I braced. I, well, I warned you. Yes. I, I try to warn you. I appreciate you know, it. You want to talk about learning things from debriefing? I have learned that if I'm <laughs> going to be doing blood play or sutures or anything that Dara in her weird little mind thinks is gross, I need to prepare her and warn her. And you so she could hide under a blanket. She could not be there at all. Do you remember the exact day that you figured out that you needed to start warning me? Yeah, when your bottom had to call red because you were going to pass out. <laughs> I turned gray. <laughs> but just in my defense, I had warned Dara and told her not to look, and she looked anyway. I cannot be held responsible if I tell her not to look and she looks. In my defense, you were making a butterfly. Yes, there was going to be blood in that butterfly. Also, I'm the one that came up with the word butterfly. So if I hadn't looked, I wouldn't have been able to come up with it. And by the way, that piece of shit artwork is on your goddamn wall. So then I walk down here every, every time. single time we do the podcast. I have to walk past these two goddamn butterflies. But it doesn't look like blood anymore. No, it just looks like dried. brown smear. Yeah. Smear. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Smear. <laughs> it's a Jewish household. Yeah. It's a smear. I'm, I'm my mistake. Yeah. Clearly. Anyway, shit happens. Is that our closing thoughts? Shit happens? Yep. I thought we'd go into a little bit more detail than that, but well, okay. Okay. I think the important thing <laughs> is that to look at mistakes as learning opportunities. If you make a mistake, getting defensive, trying to blame everything else in the world, is not going to help you because word will get out and nobody's going to want to fucking play with you. Nope. Makes you just seem like an asshole. Right. So look at them as learning opportunities. Look at them as ways to do what you love doing better. We always talk about how we're continuing to grow. Every time we do a scene, every time we have a new idea, which Rara has a ton of, we learn, we grow. And as kinksters, that's kind of what we strive to do. And if you have a top that doesn't feel that way, find another top. Yeah, that's not a top. That's an asshole. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it'll be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, we are Pink Kink Podcast. And on TikTok, we are The Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast and check out our pink kink swag available on our website, pinkkinkpodcast.com. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review pink kink podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. The five star reviews really help us. And don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.